0: what's your podcast about? Good question. The Life and Times of Working Travelers. That's sort of the uh, summary I gave to uh, someone I asked to be on my podcast a couple days ago. And I was thinking about it, and I'm like, that's kind of accurate, as my blog is basically about the life and times of a working traveler, me. My podcast, I talk to a lot of expats and other people who are who've lived overseas or who are living overseas. Anyway, it is Friday, February eleventh, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky. Thanks for joining me. And I am the working traveler that uh, runs this year audio blog, this daily audio blog. This is my small cast, I guess if you can say, um, because this is something I do between Monday and Friday. Uh, I try to do it pretty consistently every weekday, and uh, that way I can uh, sort of think out loud a little bit, uh, review some of the things that I've been working on, that I'm thinking about doing, and in general, how things are sort of uh, taking shape here in Beijing, China, uh, from my perspective. I have another podcast, it's a big cast, I guess you could call it, And you can find that on my website, stephenserski.com. I mentioned this yesterday uh, or uh, a couple days ago, where one of the reasons why it's not on Spotify yet is because I I actually was having trouble finding a host for it when I started the uh, the podcast. Uh, This here podcast host, Anchor.fm, which is owned by Spotify, this one was released shortly after. I started my big podcast, and uh, with the bigger podcast, they are extended conversations with people who are similar to me in that they are expats. Um, they're living uh, they're living away from what they would call home, or they've made a home somewhere else, uh, or they have lived overseas and they've uh, returned. So it's um, that one. It was next, and the reasons why they're extended conversations is because I didn't want to really edit them too much, and because I think it's better this way to hear the full thing, uh, full interview rather than just bits and pieces. Although the latest controversy with uh, Joe Rogan kind of suggests to me that even context doesn't really matter. Be that as it may, this is what it is. So this one I post Monday to Friday, the other podcast, the big cast, is a bit more... um, not random, but a bit more, uh, it's not as frequent. And I sort of liken that one to, uh, I guess you'd call it more like live shows. You know, you wouldn't be playing live shows every day, uh, maybe every week if you were the house band somewhere. Uh, but uh, something I do when we have the time. I'm a one man army here, one man uh, show as far as I, I mean, and, and I work as much as I can on these things. Now, that being the case, I've been working on ways to make my life easier. And I've spoken about this, this whole idea of automation. And I find myself keeping on going back to this again and again and again. And I can't, I guess I can't let it go because there are some things, especially if you're doing things on the cheap, kind of like what I'm on, what I'm doing, maybe not cheap, but it's I'm being frugal. I mean, I'm not trying to uh, spend money on things that may or may not uh, return uh, an investment and uh, just yet, like a, re- a show a return. Um, not only that, I mean, it's got to be possible uh, to do these things. If I hired someone to help me out, like an assistant, I mean, I'd be s- spending my time teaching them what to do. And I'll tell you, I mean, even I'm figuring out a lot of this stuff as I go along, uh, which is su- some of the fun parts, of it, the the uh, the boring, tedious stuff is having to share a lot of the links and uh, make the little write-ups and put them in all the right little places. Because I put them in two or three different places, and if I could automate that, that would make my life so much easier. So, with that automation, I've pushed forward a little bit. I uh, learned a few things today as I was uh, researching how to... Uh, automate Final Cut Pro so that's one program I want to automate uh, because I want to make my audio my my video editing a lot easier. The other thing I'd like to do is automate my phone. And one of the reasons is because I'm thinking about it, like if I automated my computer, well then I got to ha- I got to transfer these recordings to my computer for the computer to do what it needs to do. Well what if I automated my phone instead? There are certain programs out there. There's one that I came across called Automate by Lama Labs. It's not available for my version of uh, Android. I don't know why. Uh, but uh, if it works for you, maybe it's something you'd be looking into. It looks like it's a very simple, it's an open source, it's free uh, automator pro, um, automation application for Android devices. And what I'm sort of seeing is that Android and phone automation is not at the same level that desktop and a computer laptop uh, automation is. Uh, But I think a couple days ago I was saying, oh, Python, why am I even looking at it? Well, this would be one reason why you would look at something like Python because you could program, you could code it on a desktop. And then use it on your phone. So what I'd be trying to do with my automation program, and I've mentioned this before with HubSpot, uh, programs like uh, that and like TweetDeck, where they access the APIs of the different programs that you're using. Well, that's all you'd be doing is writing a script to access the APIs, to access the different apps, automatically launching the big difference is that instead of doing it in the cloud, you're doing it on your device. HubSpot does it in the cloud, so you, you submit it to that website, and it takes care of everything. Whereas here, I'm talking about actually occupying. I, like I wouldn't be able to use my phone while it's automating, and I'd probably have to sh- turn it to do not disturb, uh, and that way, I mean, that way I could use it. Now, could I automate that in the cloud? Is there another way I could do it? I mean, this is these are the things I've been thinking about. Again, just to make my life easier, it would because uh, I, I enjoy the creation, the creative aspect of things, especially you know recording these audio blogs. Um, but I think it'd be a lot better and a lot less stressful if you know I'd like a click of a button. You know, after, after I finish recording, I click a home like a, a widget on my phone, and it shoots it off to the six different places that it needs to go, including uh, you know another. Uh, backup sort of uh, storage space, like maybe Google Drive or something or whatever. And then it automatically downs that, downloads that onto my computer. If it's on, if it's not, then it waits until I am uh, uh, until I turn the computer back on. These things are all possible. It's just a matter of, matter of whether or not I'm able to code them right now. And obviously I can't because I'm still talking about figuring it out. So that's Android automation, something that going forward, I can see how Python would be uh, relevant and uh, something useful to use in that situation. Now about this final cut automation, there's a couple of things. One of the things I was looking for is that if you've, uh, if you've done any sort of short videos or anything, that if you have any, like there's your templates on your cell phone. So if you open up your video editor or whatever, uh, or your, your gallery, and you select a couple of clips, it'll give you this option to Smush together a bunch of these videos and it'll take out sort of two or three second clips from each video that you have. I want to be able to do that with Final Cut Pro. So the idea would be that with these some of these um, uh, extended conversations that I'm having and even the travel videos I have, being able to very quickly compile a best of Video uh, video clip that would uh, like a video montage that would only be like two or three seconds a piece. Well, apparently you could use uh, Final Cut Pro XML documents. So it's a type of uh, document that Final Cut will spit out, and it's text based. And this is how um, editors like transfer information about their timelines. Their video work so far to other people. So if someone might be using Final Cut Pro, someone might be using Adobe Premiere Pro or After Effects or whatever. XML files are how they transfer the information of the timeline from each program into the other one. And that way, when you if you have all the files, they they have to be named the same thing and they have to be in similar folders. So you have to have your higher your file hierarchy the same way but you send them the XML documents uh, and XML document, they open that. And as long as that hierarchy is in place, it'll find it. Now, if the hierarchy is not in place, you can it'll say like broken link or something like that. So you can uh, uh, go and select where those uh, clips are. It might take a little bit of uh, time if you haven't set it up properly, but that's uh, one way to do it. And that's sort of a form of automation. I've been told that there's at least one way, there's probably a couple ways that you can do it where you're editing uh, XML documents, not the videos themselves. So for me, I was thinking about actually opening the program and having the the program fiddle around and make different cuts. Well, apparently that's kind of cumbersome. So instead, what you'd be doing is creating an XML document, spitting out the XML document, using the XML document, having another program cut through a bunch of it of the of the code, and then re-importing that XML document into uh, Final Cut Pro once again, and then using that as my uh, my video. It sounds doable. I understand the idea of it now. Making it work is just another question. Another uh, great program I found, uh, or I was uh, led to today, because uh, I'm part of a couple of uh, Facebook groups um, on uh, for Final Cut Pro and Apple Motion and some other uh, video editing. Uh, groups. Command post. So this is, it's not an automator, but you can create shortcuts that would be very similar to automation in some ways. So some things that I do, like adding, uh, it's like having templates for predetermined projects that you already have set up. But with this, you can create hotkeys. I'm sure you could probably do this within Final Cut itself, uh, where you know you have some combination of cle- uh, keys that you click, and it, you know Final Cut will do uh, um, one or two things or whatever. So the idea with this would be to uh, set it up so if I press like hotkey this and that, the beginning and ending title credits are put in, notably... The last title card I usually have on my uh, videos is stevensersky.com. That's where I like to push people, um, even though I I post these things on YouTube. So that would be one very quick. I mean, it's only like, it takes me five seconds, 10 seconds to uh, insert that title on my own. But I mean, just to think that I could, if I had that set automated, I could actually even automate the automation, right? That's sort of where I'm going with this Just how much automation, how much more can I, get done before I actually have to look at it with my own eyes and my fingers and start going through it. So almost as if I'm picking up where someone else has already sort of done some of the menial tasks. It, it sounds sounds wonderful, sounds great, uh, but uh, whether or not I'll be able to get this sort of up and running very quickly. The other thing is I, ha- I do have to realize is that I have to be very clear about my own workflow. Because I'm thinking about like um, like even automating my browsers. Well, do I know all of the steps? I know them because I do them and they're intuitive. But if you were to explain it to somebody who's never used a computer before, how do you explain that? Like how do you break it down that simply? And so that, that they can actually execute it exactly the way that you're you're thinking of that you intended it, right? So that's my project, that's what I'm going to try and given that I have probably most of next week off (laughs) uh, looks like I'll have some time to uh, uh, learn a bit more about this. Again, There's no deadline on this. The one thing I would like to do is start popping up the videos for my podcast. Now with this week's uh, recording that I did I'll get that done uh cleaned up and ready ready to go probably for next week's publication i was talking to another guy who's interested uh who has uh said expressed interest in being on the podcast um as well and i have another lady who uh, would also uh be willing to come on as well so i think i've uh, got some other shows coming up for you guys interesting conversations with people who've worked lived and traveled around the world how much can I automate that? Right, I'm not going to automate the podcast. I'd, I'd much rather that to be something I can focus on, and then leave all the sort of post production a bit more automation. Now, so all those uh, post, like this, this podcasting automation does get me thinking about like how could I supplement my own sort of teaching. My uh, because there's been another thought in my mind uh, recently that I might go back to school to get something called a Delta. Now, a Delta, uh, as I have understood it, is for people who want to go into administration or managerial roles or book publishing. So this Delta is, I guess you would call it, a step up from the Celta. Now, what do these things mean? Well, Celta, Delta, Celta, Cambridge Certificate of English Language Teaching Uh, for adults. That's what it stands for. The DELTA is a Diploma of English Language Teaching for Adults. So these are uh, the CELTA sort of seen as your first step into if you're going to become an ESL teacher. DELTA is something you you would do after a couple years of teaching and maybe you don't want to necessarily keep on teaching all the time and you might want to get into a bit more of administration. But again, also book publishing. It does a lot more Deals with a lot more uh, theory um, and other sort of uh, aspects that are in and around the education of language acquisition. So, and I've been looking at it, going, you know, it's this is this would be similar to doing like a masters of teaching English as a second language, a uh, but it's a very compressed course. You can do it in a lot, like part time. I'm not doing part time. I'd rather do it full time, one month, two, three months, whatever, get it done with. Which I know people who. I've heard people who've done this certificate, uh, it's three modules together. Each one is about six to eight weeks long. They almost go insane. I mean, I remember taking my Celta, which is the quote unquote easy one or the, you know, the intro, and it was very intensive. It was very um, all encompassing. It, it, I mean, it took over my life for that the five weeks that I was in Montreal doing that. Uh, that celta it was great great being in Montreal don't get me wrong um but yeah the, that certificate i mean it, it wasn't easy and it paid off in the end I mean that's kind of one of the things that brought me to China in the so many years ago so why the delta again going into book publishing a bit more of the theory um and also for the qualification i mean uh with that I'd be able to put these letters behind my name and it might look good for to some people who actually care about these things. Other people, they probably wouldn't know what it stands for, which is fine. So it's an idea. With that, getting into the delta, the idea of the theory and the application of language acquisition, that's where I would appreciate learning a little bit more about how I could structure an automated online bot that would do sort of the grunt work of introductory. How she going, How are you doing? Where are you from? What's your name? How should I? What should I call you? Whatever you know. What name do you go by? Let's put it that way. Um, you know. What's the temperature like today? How how are you? How are you feeling? You know, <laughs> something like that. So, where those sort of very introductory questions that we usually give our ESL uh, students anyway just at the beginning of class or whatever. And even with those three or four questions, you can already get an idea of a person's language ability. And this could be scaled to any other language. I mean, it doesn't have to be English. English is just the one that I'm, I'm working within. But being able to do that, just at least, you know, that first sort of section, I think would make things a lot easier because even, and I'm thinking in terms of like my own sort of um a- acquisition of a language like would I feel more comfortable talking to a human about these things or would I rather just have like have a have a go at s- trying my pronunciation with a you know a bot you know maybe even if it transcribed what I was saying I think that'd be more distracting to tell you the truth if you saw a live transaction uh, tr- uh, transcription but maybe something that was delayed like after you ans- after you've answered all the questions and it spits out a transcription of what you said, and then we could both look at it and go, okay, I see what you're doing here, what you're saying here. So something along those lines where um, you sort of come in, I would sort of come in after things have been already picked up and uh, underway. I think that'd be kind of a neat little way to do it. I know there are some uh, applications on Android, like Google. I think iPhone, like the App Store has a few of them as well. They do, Elsa Speak is the pronunciation app that I've come across that uh, does very, something very similar. But all this, I mean, all that being said, I, I talk about automation. I think going forward, this is going to be a big thing. And so I, that's why I'm looking into it. Um, I would also be looking at a, sort of like a, a value-added service to students where, you know, they could go to my website anytime and maybe not this website that I have, my goodness, I like to sort of keep that separate to tell you the truth, uh, but having another website where you'd be able to send students like, yeah, if you need to practice, uh, if you want me to have a, a look at what you guys are sort of doing, and even in preparation for class, like if you could just take three, four minutes, go answer these uh, couple of questions, all privacys is uh, guaranteed sort of thing, uh, it might be a good idea to help. Privacy is a big issue, of course, when you're accessing people's microphones, so it's something that you'd have to uh, uh, be aware of and work into the terms and conditions, but at least it would be an option, right? At least it'd be an option. And even if they did audio files and they submitted it as transcriptions, I think that'd be kind of neat as well, just to see uh, how um, people are getting along in terms of their thought processes, in terms of their um, L1, their language one. Interfering with language, too, like their target uh, language. If I'm talking above your head here, it's probably because you're probably not in the ESL sphere, uh, talking a little bit about how people acquire, how they learn languages, and how their mother tongue, or at least their first language, can often interfere with uh, their, this, their, the language that they want to learn through no fault of their own, only because that's how they understand. I've spoken about this in terms of my own issues with uh, Chinese, like learning Chinese. I've sp- said before, you know, a lot of my Chinese sentences are Chinese words with English grammar. <laughs> and people look at me and go, what? I, I understood what you said, but that's not what you would say. And obviously, you're not from here sort of thing, right? Um, and... Making Moving towards that ability of uh, helping people clarify the uh, grammar thought organization, I guess you could say. Folks, it is Friday finally. It is literally my Friday because I don't work tomorrow. That's great. Which means also tomorrow I can spend uh, a chunk of hours on uh, going through my Chinese homework. I have to write 200 characters for homework on, for Sunday. I'm kind of looking at her going... I don't know if this is a good idea or a bad idea. 200 characters is a lot. She'll no doubt be able to read it very quickly if she can read my writing. The other issue though is like, do you really want to read 200 times three or four if the other guy shows up? Probably won't. 600 words, we're going to talk about it. But yeah, I don't know. I think she has this grand vision of what we're able to accomplish. And I wonder how much she's going to be disappointed by what she reads. (laughs) That being said... Like, the HSK-5 test does require me to write 80 character paragraphs. So, 200 characters, given that I did have a week to do this, I mean, I guess is doable in in some sort of weird teacher's thinking of, like, well, you had seven days. If you only spent 10 minutes a day on it and wrote one sentence, you'd be done by now. I was like, yes, teacher, but I didn't. (laughs) And it's Sunday morning and I haven't done my homework yet. (laughs) Friday night right now. So uh, we'll see. uh, uh, I'll I'll try to work my way through that tomorrow uh, as well as getting some of the other uh, uh, HSK5 stuff done as well. Also means that I can be able to spend some time on uh, preparing for this March motion. uh, Little challenge I got going up, uh, coming up in March where I'm going to spend a month intensively going through Every, every day spending an hour, two hours going, using Apple Motion, uh, this uh, VFX program that uh, uh, Apple publishes to use with Final Cut Pro and uh, their other uh, creative suite, um, productions uh, production suite. Should be good, very relaxed. Uh, I see the Olympics are still going on. There's been, apparently we're gonna get snow next week and the temperature is gonna drop. Uh, and I, I wonder, like, because I'm looking, it's nice and blue skies. We've had a bit of smog in the city, but where these, uh, like, the half pipe is going on right now, that is uh, all, that's all outside in jungja which is northwest of uh, the city itself. Um, but yeah, I ha- haven't been watching it too much lately since I've been at work. I see the men's hockey has started. So that's sort of your um, your big draw part of the, uh, of the, uh, the Winter Olympics. Well, I also watch that, and uh, if I if I watch the Olympics, is, does that count as learning Chinese, folks? I'll leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in all week. If you have five for five, high five to you guys and girls out there listening. in. I appreciate it. If you have, if you have a chance, if you if you want to share this podcast with anybody else, please go ahead. Let them ask them. You know, what do you think of this guy? Is it this, this guy? Is it all right? Should I keep on listening to this guy? Let me know. You know. Let them know, share the link, see what happens. Folks, show notes and tracks available up on my website, stevensterski.com. Thank you for listening. We'll talk again. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.